1: Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 398, June 9, 2020. It was 95 degrees on this date on three different years 1911, 1973, and 1976. And it was as chilly as 39 degrees on this day in 1915.
0: And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse
1: on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on production, Chris Revers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense.
0: Your mayor, Joe Soucheret.
1: I pulled up the New York Times website just by happenstance, and they're carrying live uh, whatever number of funeral this is for George Floyd. Uh,
0: this is the Houston send-off?
1: Yeah, but, and the only reason I mention this is uh, the musicians seem to be behind plexiglass as though to social distance, and this disconnect between the protesting and, and the reinforcement of social distancing strikes me as terribly unusual.
2: Uh, well, did you see the photo in L.A. yesterday? Not even the photo, the drone footage of yeah. the L.A. scene yesterday? Yeah. There had to have been 200,000 people on the street together.
1: And, and the World Health Organization uh, was pitching us the idea that asymptomatic people were spreaders of the virus. And they're, they're walking that back now. They don't believe that to be the case. Oh, hmm. So why are we Wait still... Minute. Wait a minute,
2: that gets huh? this, that gets this. <laughs> what?
1: There's a link between Walls's continued efforts to shut us down and what's taken place in the Twin Cities the last two weeks. Now, I'm the link master, but I have not completed that link yet. Mm. I haven't developed that link yet. And I would like to stay... Uh, talking about the New York Times for a moment, and I'm quite serious. It's no longer a credible newspaper. Now, you might argue, well, Joe, wake up. It hasn't been for years. But they've gone over the top now, and they have literally admitted they are not a newspaper of record. Are you aware that their editorial page editor had to resign because he ran uh, ran uh, a guest editorial by Arkansas Republican Tom Cotton who wrote that military troops should be sent to restore public order in American cities when the police are overwhelmed. And the, the woke staff of the New York Times so vehemently believed that that went against their agenda that this guy, uh, they pulled the editorial and the guy had to get canned.
2: You're kidding me.
1: And he's a super lib, but he was smart. He was the editorial page editor. James Bennett, he resigned Sunday after a staff uproar. Over an op-ed by a U.S. Senator, Arkansas Republican Tom Cotton wrote that military troops should be sent to restore public order in American cities when the police are overwhelmed. Cotton didn't write that they should be just sent willy-nilly. He said they should be sent when the police are overwhelmed. Uh, that's an opinion. The readers of the New York Times... <coughs> Excuse me. Perfect perfect, health. perfect, you got perfect tilt. health, man. The readers of the New York Times are now not able to make that decision for themselves because the... Uh, the Mysterians, who run the New York Times, uh, have demanded that that piece uh, was racist, unconstitutional, and too offensive for adults to read and decide for themselves. It's, it's legal. Uh, no one wishes to deploy active-duty troops, and, and the active-duty troops certainly do not wish to be deployed. But there is something called the Insurrection Act. George H.W. had to deploy troops under the Insurrection Act in 1992 to quell riots in L.A. after the Rodney King verdict. Mr. Bennett defended the op-ed on Friday as part of his attempt to broaden debate in his pages. And at first so did publisher A. G. Solzberger. But Mr. Solzberger changed his mind the same day, suddenly declaring that the op ed he had defended had not received proper editing, it should not have been published. By Sunday, mister Bennett, a true blue progressive as you can find, was out the door. Wow. An ostensibly independent opinion section was ransacked because the, so, the social justice warriors in the newsroom opposed a single article espousing a view that polls show tens of millions of American support if police can't handle rioting and violence. The publisher failed to back up his editors, which means the editors no longer run the place. It's, it's being run by the inmates. All of this, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Uh... The longtime editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who had seen the publication through difficult times, was pushed out over a headline. Buildings matter too. It was a top a piece by architecture critic Inga Saffron, who worried that buildings damaged by violence could leave a gaping hole in the heart of Philadelphia. Staff members deemed the headline an offense to Black Lives Matter. They protested, and no amount of apologizing or changes to the headline were enough. Editor Stan Wischnowski didn't last the week. He was also canned. (laughs) This is no longer journalism. This is no longer newspapering. The New York Times has disqualified itself as a legitimate newspaper, and I'm very serious.
2: How many people do you think, or what is the percentage of people that either subscribe to it or maybe viewed it from afar are actually aware of what's going on? Yeah, that know that, yeah. Because I bet, I bet it's a very small percentage.
1: All of this shows the extent to which American journalism is now dominated by the same moral denunciations, safe space demands, and identity politics dogmas that began in the universities, the failed academy. The agents of this now dominate nearly all of America's leading cultural institutions, museums, philanthropy, Hollywood, book publishers, talk shows. On matters deemed sacrosanct, and today that includes the view that America is root and branch racist, there is no room for debate. You must admit your failure to appreciate this orthodoxy and do penance, or you will not have your job. Isn't that something? Wow.
0: Mm. Is it, it, it? It's like people are pushing each other out of the way to say, "I'm more offended than you. I um, uh, I care more than you." Yeah, it, it's a race. It's it's yeah. it, it beating your chest, saying, "Look at what I'm doing."
1: This is the march of the cancel culture through our instru- institutions, and uh, the left is turning the institutions rotten, rotten. It's a, it's a. Probably the worst day uh, in American newspapering I've ever read about. To see these two
3: li- liberal editors didn't meet the. Uh, will this result in more sales or less sales? Will this what what's going to happen as a result of this? Nothing w- was going to save the. Nothing's
1: going to save newspapers in the long run. It will have nothing to do with street sales.
2: Right, but they will eventually at some point. Either go away, or be, you know, we're already seeing that with a lot of publications around the country. What people should be fearful of is this is just going to continue to get worse.
0: Uh, the New York Post has a circulation of two hundred thirty thousand, and some change.
1: Yeah, I would, I would guess. I don't have it in front of me, but I would guess back in the fifties that was five hundred <clears> thousand.
0: Oh, I'm sure. What about, now what it, a, people are going online, so that's probably why it's... What
3: about the Times, Matthew? Do you have that number? Uh,
0: I will in a second. The Times.
1: Oh, their, their banner has always been all the news that's fit to print, and right. that's, that's not true anymore. It's all the news we deem fit
0: to print. The Times, uh, 571,000 daily, 1,087 on Sunday... And 2.9 million digital only. Those are numbers from 2018.
1: Well, I cannot, I, can, I just literally cannot take them seriously. Uh, they are opposed to the arena of conflicting ideas. They are opposed to that.
2: But they're not alone. I mean, we're seeing, it. We're, we're so seeing is Philadelphia those. Inquirer. Well, but we're also seeing it with the Minneapolis City Council. Right. I mean, they're nine like-minded people. There's not a differing voice on that panel.
3: But I mean, you can just keep it among newspapers, and and you could include the Star Tribune there. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often do they have a dissenting voice, Joe? Once a week, once every two weeks. Oh,
1: if that, if that, yeah, yeah.
2: Man, I got a lot of. Although Pat's kind of turned into a righty mind. after what's happened these last couple of weeks. Well, that brings us back to walls.
0: What do you got on Walls, Jojo? What's your point? Well, the plans now have
1: been released for youth and adult sports as Governor Walls prepares to loosen restrictions in several areas on June 10th. That's tomorrow. We're working hard to get Minnesotans back on fields, courts, ice, and more safely. No, no, you're not. We have turned the dial to allow for more activity and more people as safely as possibly by updating our guidance for youth and adult sports. Well, here's the, here are the guidelines.
3: What's going to happen to that when they see what's happening in Arizona, which is all hands on deck right now, for a coronavirus spike?
0: Yeah, that's
1: yeah.
3: Coming, uh, uh, coming. Yeah, back. yeah, they've been they've been open uh, fully open for four weeks, and uh, it's it's a really spiking bad, and they've issued orders all hands on deck now in the hospitals.
1: Well then, why did Walls allow the city to be destroyed for a week before he finally decided to do something about it?
0: That will never, will no, never know the answer to that because it's just it, it, that was a major mistake, and uh,
1: and if the death he, of George Floyd was a one-time historic event, so he could waive social distancing for that memorial, is it the death of your grandmother or your mother or your father a one-time historic event? That's true. Here are the rules. Different risk levels mean different precautions. We are hopeful and optimistic that if COVID-19 health measures continue in the current direction, we will be able to resume games and competitions for medium-risk sports by the end of June. Walls deemed several sports high-risk, which involve participants being in close or sustained contact with each other, a lack of protective barriers, and high probability that respiratory particles will be transmitted between participants. Didn't you think they were transmitted between participants in the looting? Of course they were. Those sports include rugby, boxing, judo, karate, taekwondo, wrestling, football, lacrosse, hockey, group dance, and group cheer.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Wrestling? Yeah. How do you socially distant wrestle?
1: No, these are the high-risk sports. Oh, I'm sorry. What's group cheer? I suppose cheerleading practice. Okay, okay. Medium-risk sports are identified as those that involve close and sustained contact but have protective equipment in place that can reduce the spread of respiratory particles. (sighs) These sports include kayaking, canoeing, gymnastics, table tennis, swimming, fencing, group cycling, group running, group sailing, volleyball, soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, and bowling. All right. Sports at medium, or high-risk, that would be baseball, youth, kids, baseball, must keep interaction between players without contact. The focus must be on skill development, and there cannot be any games or competitions, even if they are traveling out of state
2: where they're allowed. he—he's he,
1: When are we going to say enough to this guy?
2: Well, I'm sending a text to somebody right now to do that very thing. This is, this is complete BS.
1: Listen to this one. Low-risk sports are those that can be done individually with social distancing, I got an email, by the way, Chris. That I'm too loud and Kenny's too soft.
2: Okay, you're always working on that. Let me uh, let me address the the people. And I and I, I, I agree. It, it, it fluctuates, but here, Chris, I'm at three quarters right yep, now. Yep. And here, here's the issue, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. It's an imperfect science. Um, I'm in the studio along with Rookie and uh, Joe is at his home, and so is Kenny. Uh, those two connections are dependent upon the Wi-Fi connection at their home and that fluctuates it's not a perfect science we're doing the best we can thank am you for I the email lu- am i too loud at no. t- at times you're, you're but it but you're I, really loud in my headphones but it um. again it's the i can leave you at one volume but you fluctuate because of the internet connection. and again and i have
3: uh, Chris, I actually have fiber optic here, and mm-hmm. I've been told that my connection is more powerful and better than the one that's going into corporate where you're right, working.
1: Right, right. I hope to sell this no later than June 22nd. Boy, me too. Well, let's be- let's
0: look at this from a, uh, a a a better perspective. The silver lining. Here we go. At
3: least you ain't hearing no feedback. Okay. No, I'm not.
0: Right, right. It's all good.
1: And Lewis- I have been
3: talking quietly. Do you want me to yell like I'm angry? No,
1: No, I'm trying to finish these sports rules. Low-risk sports are those that can be done individually with social distancing and minimal sharing of equipment. These include archery, clay target shooting, individual running, cycling, swimming, diving, canoeing, kayaking, golf, sailing, weightlifting, and others. Games are permitted, but can't have parents or guardians attending. For adult sports, the State Department of Health strongly encourages any games or practices to be outside as much as possible. Participants should wear masks. Equipment should not be shared. Indoor activities shouldn't have more than 10 players and no more than 25 outdoors. Starting tomorrow, all public swimming pools can open at 50% capacity. Uh, And they're telling you that if you're going to go outside to play sports, you must do so in small groups. Hey, hey. God, I wish we could use profanity.
2: Me too. I
0: think I I I know what you're saying, so that's You good. know, the,
2: we all played by the rules at at the beginning. And now all the rules keep changing. This is complete baloney. I used a good word there. I did yeah. swear. There's a
1: link. There's a I haven't it, I know it's there. It's floating in the back of my mind. There's a link between this and the rioting. There's a link. I just I'll get it. I just don't I just don't have it yet. You ain't got it yet. I'll get it. I'll make it. I'll make it. Uh,
3: well, we got a can nice- say. This how can you say this is baloney if it's spiking in Arizona? Just what we thought was going to happen is happening. Which is why I'm
2: waiting until June nineteenth, nineteenth to, to see if it happens here. But I guess Kenny, the part that I'm really struggling with here is is it was okay for thousands upon thousands of people to. Peacefully protest. There were some of them. Well, there were some. Let's they
3: had no control. Don't you guys see that? The police, the government, mm-hmm. the mayors, mm-hmm. uh, the, the governor—nobody had control. They, control. control. they surrendered we, we, control. They uh, surrendered control. Thank you. That was a much better. Yeah, they none at all. No control. But here's That's the. Why. Okay, I went to church on, for the first time
0: for a long time, Saturday Sunday night at five o'clock. That was our family's choice to do that. Uh, then we went to uh, Shamrock's to go eat outside on the patio. That was our choice to do that. What we want is we want the choice to, to be able to do that, and we don't want it dictated by a Governor Walls and his cabinet.
3: That's well, my personal well, issue. They were given that choice in Arizona, and now it's it's spiking.
1: Okay, here's my question then that health professionals will have to address anew. There's been no spiking as a result of the large Memorial Day gathering at Lake of the Ozarks. So I guess what I'd like to know is what causes a spike? Why did Lake of the Ozarks get by without a spike and Arizona has not gotten by? Why on Sunday was Big Island uh, had 1,500
2: people uh, with their boats tied together? I mean, is that going to result in a spike? I don't know. And I, is, is the spike in Arizona related because that's somewhat an older community because it's, it's you know a retirement area?
3: That's an excellent question. And another question I don't know the answer to, were they practicing social distancing at all in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Or were they chummy right up next to each other, hugging and kissing and making out and
2: you know light padding the whole deal but kenny rook nailed it i guess for me <laughs> it's the fact that we can't make those decisions ourselves that's the, that's the issue that i have uh, with it believe me i'm on your side yeah. i just want i just want an alternative view represented right, here right i'm
1: tired of walls i'm tired of his authoritarian he he ordered minnesotans today ordered minnesotans to remain silent for eight minutes and 48 seconds at 11 a.m yeah well, okay, you know, don't tell me to, 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 don't tell me that, Walls. If I want to bow my head and say a little prayer for George Floyd, I'll take care of it. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't want your intrusions anymore.
2: I'm fed up with them. I just wish I that th- the leaders, both at the city level and at the state level, would stop bleeping pandering, because that's just driving me crazy. Because that's what seventy-five percent of this is. When Jake Fry is at the casket of George Floyd and he's crying, come on, stop it! Be a leader for God's sake. Maybe that's the link.
1: Walls, you're is welcome. Pand- Walls is pandering, and the Lisa Benders and Jacob Frys are pandering. the it, the, uh, the the uh, the entities the entities to which they're pandering are completely different. One was the uh, one was the death of George Floyd. And the, which led to rioting, and the other is the pandemic. But in both cases, uh, boy, I had a, I had a, I had a really good thought. Yesterday, I told you that. Uh, what did I tell you yesterday? Don't know oh I-, I said i said <laughs> i said it's a shame we have had eight years of, a, of an admittedly brilliant black presidency that has resulted in nothingness and i'm just wondering i was wondering yesterday what if that had been eight years of a brilliant conservative black president i would choose to believe we'd be facing a different world right now a better one the other thing that that i got thinking about that is what if a Uh, What if a Republican governor with uh, very credible conservative bona fides was the the governor of Minnesota now? I bet the media would be going the other way on him and contesting his draconian orders. Because Hmm. it's certainly clear to me that the media has sold out. They are part of the Democratic platform. Yes. And they're completely backing Democrats. That's all they see. To the point now where the oh. New York Times has disqualified itself as a newspaper. What if? What if? What if Tim Walls was black and was saying, "Okay, no more than ten people at a funeral." You think the media would cozy up to that? <laughs> no. Not a chance in hell. No.
3: Again, I'll play the alternative view. Uh, uh, who's our gal, Julie? julie nelson on the 11 not pandering last weekend the weekend before she was on full attack as were many other anchors and reporters uh, remember when um uh, little uh, little mayor jacob had a press conference and everybody jumped on him i, I don't think I don't think that's the case, uh, at least not with what I witnessed uh, from select media outlets in the Twin Cities during the rioting.
1: Well, but that's been true about the, pa- the
3: pandemic. I don't think Julie yeah, Nelson yeah, has ripped anybody about the pandemic. Ab- uh, you're absolutely right there, yes, yes.
1: Joe, I was a big fan of your show when I lived in the Twin Cities. I have since moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Tonight, he wrote this on Thursday, June 4th. I don't know why I just got it. Tonight, we had a tornado warning. During a protest in the downtown area during the COVID pandemic and the local weatherman suggested that we all put on helmets for safety. (laughs) My wife, Colleen, and I said Suchere was right. God bless and stay safe. Yes, at Marlene's House of Helmets, you can get the rioting, looting, and protest helmet. They're on special this week. And the guest we had yesterday, Bill Spitzer. Uh, who was a law enforcement officer for 34 years and the mayor of St. Charles, Minnesota, says thanks again for the opportunity. No, sir, thank you. Looks like we sparked some research for our Minneapolis leaders to look a little farther into what power they really have to change things. P.S. The city charter was the first thing I read cover to cover when I was elected mayor. I must wonder why they were not familiar with the process to begin with before they took the media stage. As far as the police slashing tires, are you all aware of that story Yep. that we discovered yeah, I'm, yesterday?
3: I'm sending you a, a note from Anoka County right now regarding well, that, Joe. So yeah, watch I, your I'm, email.
1: Well, and Spitzer, he was a 10-year uh, member of our tactical team, eight of those years <laughs> serving as one of the crisis negotiators. I will attempt to explain why. When police move a crowd... We were trained to disable possible threats as you move past them. In this case, the autos could be used as a weapon should someone get behind the police lines or most likely would be used as a method of escape to avoid arrest. Now, I can't condone the slashing of the tires as I'm confident that the officers probably had other items on their utility belt to deflate tires to make the vehicles less of a threat. At least you have an idea of why and can have an understanding that it was probably not an act to purposely destroy the property of others. Chokeholds are another talking point for the life of me. I can't figure out who thought that would ever be a good idea. I think people I think of all the people that must have read uh, as well as approved those policy procedures. Uh, how can this be a good idea? Maybe someone did, but their voice was not heard.
3: Bill, all right, thank you, Bill. You should have that uh, press release by now sir it's uh It's an eye opener and it, it explains things.
1: I'm going to it right now. Mm-hmm. And that means I have to open up
2: the... Uh, He's going to try and print. Here yep. we go. control Follow P. along at home, GLers. I got right. it. Hit the arrow. He's got it right there. And Stephanie,
1: Stephanie sends it to me. Stephanie. Kenny. Where did Hi. I come up with... Yep. I'm, I'm Steph.
0: Are you yeah. in transition, Kenny?
1: Press release from the office of G- uh, Sheriff James Stewart. Anoka County Sheriff's Office for immediate <laughs> release. There has been speculation regarding recent videos showing Anoka County Sheriff's deputies deflating tires. Uh, An article was published by the Star Tribune and has been cited and shared. Uh, The the published article did not clearly articulate the decision-making processes and overall picture of the situation. Uh, And it goes on to say that this was done uh, on purpose. Life safety issues were a concern. Uh, the Kmart parking lot location referred to in the Star Tribune article did not involve the Anoka County Sheriff's Office. We cannot comment if those actions were taken by other law enforcement agencies or, or others as we simply do not know the facts of that location. Uh, but they... Uh, Uh, the command was given to disable illegally abandoned vehicles via tire deflation, which were inside the law enforcement perimeter and obstructing law enforcement operations. Two vehicles were illegally abandoned on the roadway of the bridge of South Washington Avenue over I-35W. This procedure was done in order to preserve order, life, and safety of both the protesters and law enforcement that were present uh, at this location i fully accept that explanation yep. yeah yeah
2: i got absolutely. a note from uh from one of the finest too that will remain nameless that said basically the same exact thing that you just read mm-hmm. yeah
3: yeah i'm good with that yeah i, I uh,
2: uh that doesn't bother me and did you read what uh at the very bottom of that what uh, what james stewart said
0: mary don't you know me mary <laughs> Where's my car? I left it in Bedford Falls
2: or I Pottersville. I'm sorry, I, Pottersville. I had to make him hold off till you were
0: done. Stop. I wanted to jump in there really early. Oh yeah,
1: I've just double checked. It was Sheriff James Stewart. Yeah,
2: man, Ernie,
0: let's go have a martini. Oh, Bert.
3: I have the. I have the coolest little tool suit, which costs about 5 bucks. It removes the inner part of the valve stem. You take it out. All the air comes out. You put it back in. No damage done. Cool little tool.
1: What is the only universal part on every car made? Every car. That's it. It's the only universal part. They all share the same part.
0: Do you know what a valve stem costs to replace in a 1950s house? No. About $1,000. Oh, yeah. Really? That's what I just had done.
1: <laughs> Tim at EcoFun Ecofund Motorsports in uh, downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61, wants us to know that normal hours are back up and running Tuesdays through Saturdays. Uh, they're swamped, so there's no free delivery, but he still maintains that free pickup and delivery for service needs. Now, you all know that bicycling has become the nation's most popular recreation activity due to the uh, COVID virus. At EcoFun, they not only have the the, uh, electric assist Bintelli e-bikes, but those great gas-powered scooters that get about 75 miles to the gallon. They get you outdoors. They turn every errand into adventure, and they're fun. I'm a scooter guy, always have been. I have a Yamaha scooter of the kind that they sell at EcoFun Motorsports. Uh, You call. You don't even have to call. They're open for normal business hours. Get up there, take a test drive. And get yourself socially distancing on a Bentelli e-bike or a scooter. It's a full service operation. Tim and his staff do a wonderful job. They got clothing, they got helmets, they got the whole deal. So uh, that's that's the message from Tim. We're open and anticipating you visiting us,
0: Joe. You really have to stress, and and you do mention it in, in the ads. But what I've got my scooter, and it is. I'm just looking for a reason to go somewhere and, and on a task. It's fun as hell to be riding on a scooter, and I would say those uh, e-bikes as well, but scooters are a blast, and they do make every task more fun.
1: Well, I took mine to the bank yesterday, and the beauty of it is I pull up to the window nearest the building. I can just stand there and talk to stand the Stand
0: right there. You know, it makes you talk. Scooters make you talk. And then, that's right.
1: Scooters make you talk. Just right there. Right there. And and then I keep all my stuff under the seat. So I pop the seat up. Boom. Give the guy the the deposit. uh, uh,
3: Secure location. You you wearing your brain bucket there, Matthew? Yep. Good boy.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: I'm
3: not. For some reason, I've got well, myself convinced. I, 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 that, you know. I trust you, Sucha. I don't trust our friend, oh, Dumb, I get Dumb, you. Mikulski. I, I get you. Gabe's I pretty good
0: you. on it, too, and I do demand that he wears his uh, his helmet. Good. Keep it up. Good. As
1: a permitted I, uh, driver. I certainly wear mine. Uh, I did. I certainly wore one for motorcycling, for Pete's sake. But I, one of the points of scootering, and I know this is a sorry excuse, but one of the points of scootering is that I absolutely have it figured out. It's down to a science. The routes I take. Oh, yeah, you got to plan uh, a route.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Good I
1: route never, planning. I never turn from a main street. I cross a main street. I never leave myself vulnerable. I use it as uh, on the occasion of going to the bank, for example. I use it to explore neighborhoods I've never been in before. I know. And so I'm, I'm never putting myself in harm's way except if I hit a pothole or something.
0: I know exactly what you are.
3: You what? are up. <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> Another yep. tip, Matthew, for you and Gabe, Bring it. keep a wary eye on that mirror at all times, oh, especially yeah. when you're stopped at a stop sign or stoplight. Keep your eye on that mirror. Be ready for evas- evasive action.
0: Yeah, Joe has scared the hell out of me when I, start, when I first got the scooter.
3: What's everybody trying to do?
0: They're trying to kill you.
1: Everybody's trying to kill you. I told you guys the talk I had with the two teenage gals that were crossing Snelling a couple of years ago. And I was on a motorcycle, and they forced me to stop. And I honked my horn at them and said, I didn't even swear. I just said, you have no idea. So I circled the block and found them uh, where they were walking. (laughs) And I said, anybody on two wheels who stops on a major street makes themselves entirely vulnerable. You do not have to be vulnerable. You can wait until the coast is cleared cross the street. I would have been much safer, girls, stopping for you if I was in a car. But when I'm on two wheels, you turn me into a potential accident victim. I don't
3: think they were terribly impressed with my speech, but I got it off my chest. <laughs> got it, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, I had a, a similar uh, situation. I was following a gal on a scooter on uh, minnehaha parkway and every chance she could get she was pulling over and driving where the cars normally park yeah and uh she, she pulled over at a stop sign to let me pass her and i rolled down the window and said Uh, Ma'am, the road is yours. Get out there in the middle. Be seen. Don't let cars intimidate you. And and she was nervous, and it was her first time, and she was worried about getting run over. I said, you've got to make yourself visible. Get right out there in the middle, loud and proud, my my girl. Garage Logic will be back
1: just in a few moments.
3: Okay, hell, let's go here. (laughs) Oh, that's staying in. Nuts and bolts of Joe <laughs> Rook, take it away, sir.
0: <laughs> it's not quite July 4th yet, Independence Day, but many GLers are very independent year-round. And think of the independence you'll have when you produce your own power. Livewire Solar can get you started. You're going to save money with a custom-designed solar energy system for your business. You can do it if you're home, too, but business owners, you will save money. Plus, great financing programs are available. You can install a system with no out-of-pocket costs. That's very attractive. And how about this? Pay for it in four to six years with the money you save on your energy bill. Let that process. No out-of-pocket, and your system is paid for it in four to six years. Saving money is on your list. That's right. I know that. That's why you call LiveWire Solar. Troy and Tim are great guys, they're brothers, they're GLers, and they are the Midwest Solar Experts. And also ask them about additional local programs that could save you even more money. There are wonderful incentives. Most LiveWire Solar customers see almost immediate savings. So why aren't you calling them? Run the numbers. Go to their website. The telephone number, 651-688-2400. Or check out their website. It's very informational. Go to LiveWireSolarMN.com. No obligation analysis for your building. And a report on how much money you could save. Tell them that the rookie sent you. Tell them you're a garage logician and you heard the, uh, this ad on the podcast. They'll be really happy. Call them. Just run the numbers, business owners. It is LiveWireSolarMN.com.
1: When was May 31st?
0: May 31st was Was a week Sunday. ago Sunday? Sunday. A week ago Sunday? Yes.
1: Chicago recorded 18 murders on May 31st, making it the city's deadliest day in 60 years. This was reached on a day when Chicago was roiled by another round of protests and looting following the death a week earlier of George Floyd. The 18 deaths tallied by the University of Chicago Crime Lab made May 31, 2020 the single most violent day in six decades. The Crime Lab numbers go back only to 1961. On May 29 and May 30, there were seven murders. In a city with an international reputation for crime, the 25 murders on those three days made for the most violent weekend in Chicago's history. Well, mm. We've never seen anything like it at all, the Crime Lab Senior Research Director Max Kapustin told the newspaper, the Chicago Tribune. I don't even know how to put it into context. It's beyond anything that we've ever seen. Chicago's next mo- most violent day was August 4, 1991, when 13 murders were recorded. The level of activity experienced over the last week has been unprecedented, and the department is actively investigating multiple incidents across the city and working to determine the motives in these cases, uh, Chicago uh, police spokesman Thomas Ahern told the Sun-Times. He said the department was actively working to seek justice for all residents impacted, especially those who have been killed or injured. Uh Uh, Let's follow that up by pointing this out. Uh, Chicago, like Minneapolis, uh, is unraveling. I I firmly believe it's unraveling. Uh, I have the story in front of me. Distraught Chicago officials complained to Mayor Lori Lightfoot as looting and rioting in response to George Floyd's death swept through the city, pleading for help and warning that that the vulnerable had lost access to food and medicine. According to a tape obtained obtained by WTTW News of an online conference call among the city's 50 aldermen and the mayor, one alderman could be heard weeping while others angrily decried what was going on in the city. My ward is a S-show, one alderman says. Mm. Uh, They are shooting at the police. (sighs) After the death of Floyd in police custody last month, riots and protests broke out in cities across the country with many uh, being overwhelmed by the scale of the looting and violence, even though largely peaceful protests have returned to the streets. The call in Chicago was held Sunday, May 31. That day alone, there were 699 arrests, primarily looters, 132 officers injured, 48 shootings, 17 homicides, but it's actually 18, uh, as well as widespread damage to businesses and other property. One alderman asked how seniors and vulnerable populations were supposed to get medicine and food if every CVS and every Walgreens is shutting down. How do businesses recover and why would they want to recover in our community? Another is heard asking. Lightfoot herself recognized what she described as a massive, massive problem. Earlier, she described rioters as just bleeping lawless right now. And she used the F word. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen S like this before in Chicago, Lightfoot said. It's a sign of just how shocked and overwhelmed city officials across the country were by the rioting. Many cities imposed curfews in response, which eventually helped reduce the outbreaks of crime. Uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker on Lightfoot's request called in the National Guard. On the call, others took aim at Lightfoot herself for her response to the crisis. One man, identified by WTTW News as Alderman Raymond Lopez, demanded that Lightfoot develop a plan to stabilize Chicago's neighborhoods for five days, calling his southwest side ward a virtual war zone where armed gang members were threatening to shoot black people. When he demanded she respond to the remarks, Lightfoot told him he was 100% full of S. Well, Bleep you then, Lopez responded. So they're eating themselves. The, 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 the left oh. is destroying itself. These aren't classical liberals. Uh, hell, I'm a classical liberal. These are progressives. These are mysterians. These are people who have brought these problems into the nation's largest cities. It's, it's astonishing how thoroughly and wholly unprepared they were. For what happened following the death of uh, George Floyd.
2: And I wonder if these are the same people that think it would be a great idea to dismantle the police department. You think that that's the same line of thinking? Because I. No, that's I- just Minneapolis. Well, uh, here's, here's a result
1: of what's going to happen Torched, this is from today's Star Tribune Torched factory won't be rebuilt in Minneapolis. Yep. Uh, Minneapolis manufacturing company has decided to leave the city with the company's owner saying he can't trust public officials who allowed his plant to burn during the riots. The move will cost the city about 50 jobs. They don't care about my business, said Chris Weirobeck, president and owner of Seven Sigma, Inc., which has operated since 1987 at 2843 26th Avenue in South Minneapolis. They make precision rolling parts for uh, printing. I know that place. Yep, I do too. They didn't protect our people. We were all on our own. Ryobach said the plant, which usually operates until 11 p.m., shut down about four hours early on the first night of the riots because he wanted to keep his workers out of harm's way. He said a production supervisor and a maintenance worker who live in the neighborhood became alarmed when fire broke out at the fifth at the thirty million dollar midtown corner affordable housing apartment complex under construction next door two days after yeah. the riots began, walls described the city 's response as an abject failure, as was yours, Governor uh, walls ordered the National guard into Minneapolis to restore order at the request of fry the violence. Uh, sometimes overshadowed peaceful protests. Okay. I guess we have to put that in the story. In every story, we have to have a sentence that says, oh, there were peaceful protests.
2: Sure, sure. <sighs> yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Fry said Monday that he was unaware of Seven Sigma's decision to move. More importantly, do you think he cares? No. No. And he declined to say whether the company's decision reflects the challenges facing city leaders as they try to persuade business owners to rebuild the Minneapolis. Many business owners have criticized the city, saying their pleas for help went unanswered. Fry said the city was overwhelmed. He said every fire truck was operating. This was a guard-sized crisis and demanded a guard-sized response, Fry said. Then why didn't you you call him? Yeah. Oh, you are such a moron.
2: He says he's a snake. Oh my god. Well, and if you if you read the comments, at least the ones that I read, I believe it was on the Star Tribune story of this, there were people that were happy that they weren't reopening because good, more corporate America leaving our city, to which I'm saying, no, are you no, that stupid? No. You don't yes. realize that 50 jobs yes. are leaving your city? The city's first survey survey
1: of property damage shows that nearly 1,000 commercial properties in Minneapolis were damaged during the riots, including 52 businesses that were completely destroyed and 30 other locations that sustained severe uh, damage. Owners and insurance experts estimate the cost of the damage could exceed $500 million dollars. That would make the Twin Cities riots the second costliest civil undis- civil disturbance in U.S. history, trailing only those in Los Angeles in 1992.
3: Well, I did not know that. Congratulations to us.
1: Well, you uh,
2: guys, it's just bricks and mortar. George Floyd...
1: George Floyd moved to Minneapolis for a fresh start, Fry said. In honoring his memory and generations of black people who have been victimized, we will rebuild as a stronger, more equitable, and more inclusive city. No, you will not. Those are just empty, empty words. Fry said the coalition will seek financial help from a broad range of private and public partners, but he refused to say how much money the city of Minneapolis is willing to commit to the rebuild. You won't have anything left, Fry, Fry, when that uh, Trump lawyer gets done with you. What's his name? Uh, uh, okay. Chauvin's, Chauvin's attorney. Isn't it Trump? I'm Come on, funny. you guys. Jeez.
3: Rick. I'm looking at a map of where this shop mm-hmm. was. It's right Crump, there.
1: Crump, Crump. Crump.
0: Crump. I knew it wasn't Trump.
2: Harumph.
1: Rybeck right said... Ryobeck said it's too late to keep his company in the city. Seven Sigma is a leader in the production of precision rollers used in high speed printing systems used to produce bank statements and social security checks. When asked if he thought of relocating before the riots, Ryobeck said, Not in my wildest nightmare. On Monday, he was sorting through the remnants of his business, figuring out how to get up and running again. We are cautiously optimistic we can do that, he said, but we are certainly not able to do that in Minneapolis. And thus, it begins. And you have now in Chicago. I bet I bet if there were phone calls uh, between Fry and other people in the Minneapolis, you would have heard the same type of thing.
2: How about this? Uh, I'm seeing a, a, a tweet from Natalie Brunel. She is an investigative journalist in the Southern California area. This was just sent to me via Twitter by a, a listener. L.A. Council President Nuri Martinez, who introduced a motion to cut LAPD's police officer budget by $150 million, had a private LAPD protection detail camped at her home from April till June. It was called off the night we asked to speak to her team about it. These bleeping hypocrites. They live in a different rail.
1: rail. (laughs) They live on a different rail. It's just, uh, it's just an amazing situation. They live on a different rail. In Chicago, though, we are witnessing probably the beginning of the end uh, because the mayor, who they're all, again, it's a one-party town. They're now fighting with each other. They're fighting with each other. They're swearing at each other. They don't know what to do because nothing they've ever done has worked in the first place. Uh, many, many American cities, I would hope the Twin Cities are not among them, but I'm a pessimist on this matter. Many, many American cities are headed towards the future of Detroit. They'll go through a period of, of disintegration and then have to slowly, slowly, slowly attempt to rebuild.
2: But how can, not, how can they not see this?
1: Because the wrong people have been elected. They're all of one mind. There is no balance. There is no balance. Uh, Lisa Bender, uh, her latest uh, quote, I'll paraphrase, but I think I have it pretty correct. Uh, to people who say regarding dismantling the police force, well, what if I'm afraid I'm going to get my house gets burgled or somebody's going to come in and threaten me? And she says, you only fear that because of white
3: privilege. You're great Can comeback. Imagine? Can you imagine somebody said that? Mm-hmm. If you wrote that and, and put it in a movie, it would, be, it, it would get booed. Because it's so unbelievably stupid. She has God.
1: she She's an Irondale High School grad, and then she got a variety of degrees, has never worked in the private sector, uh, you know, planning, city departments, uh, very heavy on bicycles and pedestrians. She doesn't bring a strong sense of, of reality to that job, and she's the city council president. And she's no better or worse than the rest of them. I don't mean to keep singling her out, but her, her comments are so preposterous and beyond the pale that they need to be repeated to people. Well, you only, if you're fearful, that's because you think you're white and you're going to get attacked. You've got white privilege. Wow. 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 Okay there.
0: Lisa. It's like we're living in uh, Alice in Wonderland, La La Land, where no, there's no substance to what people are saying. Well, Rook, we're just going to reimagine public safety. Well, let's just take the case of this business owner. Let's take the case of
1: this business. Why don't you call him, Rook? Okay. Uh, Look, see if, well,
3: probably his phone was burned down. Right. (laughs) You know, it's ironic that you're talking about 7 Sigma because Mm -hmm. uh, I I was right next to that building uh, late last week helping him clean up that street. Mm -hmm. And that's also uh, the same area
2: where Pierre was, uh, our, our buddy, or, you know, the guy that came up from uh illinois is that the same Never. intersection kenny as the as the liquor store that burned to the ground is it in the uh, same vicinity
3: uh that whole area all the way down to uh twenty six where uh the hex burned and the new french and all all of that that whole area w- was targeted heavily uh. rook it's chris
0: K-R-I-S. K-R-I-S.
3: W-Y.
0: W-Y. R-O. R-O. B-E-K. B-E-K.
1: I'm going to now put words in his mouth because I have a feeling he'll be difficult to reach. Uh, He apparently was willing to put up with everything he put up with. High taxes, what have you. He uh, he must have liked his location. Maybe he lives nearby. And he was making trade-offs to have his facility right there in Minneapolis. He's employing 50 people. Maybe he didn't have a long commute so he could put up with the, the bike pass and the plastic bag bands and the other nonsense. Cause they really had never had an impact on him. His business continued and, and I hope profitably, obviously it must've. And, uh, he, so he continued, he put up with the BS and he, for all I know, he was a flaming liberal, but I doubt it. But then, then his business is destroyed. Well, that's, He's drawing the line now. Okay, I was willing.
2: I was with to, you up until this point.
1: I was with you yeah. up until this, but now, I'll see you later. There's not a chance in hell I'd rebuild in this city, and no one
2: can blame him.
1: And how many others will there be like that?
2: I think, Joe, that the uh, after what the city council did yesterday, I think that there's going to be an exodus. I really, really do because well, so you- many of these, because Joe, so many of these businesses that are in that neighborhood that Kenny's talking about their margins are paper thin. They're just trying to get by because of all those things that you just laid out. They're not gonna put up with this too on top of everything else.
3: I was visiting a a client of ours, a really upstanding businessman here in the Twin Cities. And he uh, is theorizing that an adult is going to have to step in, or a number of adults he believes will step in and sit the children down and explain to them what life is all about in reality and that they will change and that they will stop uh, this nonsense of getting rid of the uh, police department. Oh Well, who, but, who, who will that adult be? But he's a he's a very optimistic, positive thinker. <laughs> if you remember yesterday,
1: I mean. <laughs> I, uh, yesterday I asked for uh, two emailers to re email me because I fouled up their emails. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Howard. Uh, he's copying me on what he wrote to uh, his senator, Linda Runbeck. Uh, rep- I'm sorry, representative, Representative Runbeck. Like everyone, I am appalled at the events we've seen over the past weeks, including the murder of George Floyd. I do not begrudge the African American and other minority communities their anger. They have been mistreated in a wide variety of ways and to every degree imaginable. A Memorial Day of all days, we saw it culminate in the worst possible way. That said, The taxpayers of Minnesota at large have footed the bill for a variety of inner-city programs. We have helped build libraries, community centers, expanded law enforcement, improved infrastructure, and so on. We, the people of Minnesota, have done so because we have been asked and because we believe in the investments. We know how important a well-founded and well-preserved community is for the betterment of society. What we don't believe in is burning your own house and having someone else pay for it. Minnesotans, as a rule, hold themselves to a higher standard of integrity. We work for what we earn. We take care of those who can't. We take pride in our state, ourselves, our property, and the way we live our lives. It drives us crazy when we see others who don't hold those values and live by the same rules. Get rewarded for bad behavior. So I'm asking you to withhold money from Minneapolis and St. Paul if they come asking because they will. They are going to play the pity card. Don't let them fool you. They have had 50 years of liberal leadership and we are witnessing the fruits of that ideology. Tell them that we Minnesotans have invested practically innumerable amounts of money in their cities only to get substandard returns. Tell them we want to see change too. We want all people to hold themselves accountable, up to and including the city governments of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Thank you, uh, Howard Clarys, And he copied me on her response. Wow, Howard, great statement, beautifully and strongly expressed. That will be my message to the House GOP caucus. So there's a GLer who's doing what he's got to do. Talk to your rep. Good. Talk to your rep. And then I asked another fellow uh, to re-email because he said he had a, a, a kid Uh, who was in the protest. Remember that one? Yep. That was uh, Kevin Fenner. Uh, Joe, I'll try to follow on the podcast protocol. Uh, I've been following the best I can to the events of this state as well as the country. I'm going to sum it up in one word, education. This is what the children of this current generation have been taught from grade school on up. I'm the father of a 26-year-old protester, he puts quotes around that, who was on the bridge when that truck came barreling in. She's fine as well as everyone else. Also a father of a twenty three year old son who is going to school in Eau Claire. When in doubt, go to Stout. If you can't make it there, go to Eau Claire. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can imagine, and as you can imagine, is also keen to the events flashing on his Twitter page constantly. But as Kenny might appreciate He's a good snowmobiler and is not afraid of putting a wrench on his car in 10 below weather to try and replace a toast, uh, toasted alternator to come up to nice. two harbors to ride with his dad. Awesome. Uh, but I digress. This has taken many years of the education system pushing its narrative. This is the fruition of their efforts, and we have paid for all of it for years. What the hell did we just do? Really enjoyed the statistical breakdown from the former LEO from St. Charles. We are sending our kids entirely the wrong message by defunding the police and whatever the left wants to call it. Well, let me let me stop right there. You know perfectly well that Minneapolis is not going to disband its police department.
2: Nope. Nope. No, nope. Right. They can't get that done. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay, smart progressives, do away with the Minneapolis police department. Show everything how smoothly. Show everyone how smoothly things will go without the department's brutality. Take a light light rail. But then I want to see the present department bow out totally, lock, stock, and barrel. No physical contact with any lawbreakers. No showing up to someone's place to check on a domestic assault. No reporting to traffic accidents. No mountains of paperwork. Zip, zero, nada. The cops are gone. Why should they want to help the know-it-all progressives when the cops get nothing but bad mouth and demeaned? Here, have at it, smart guys. It's all years, would seem to be the proper response. The progressive types can surely show the brutal coppers how policing is done properly with intervention, understanding, and wokeness. And don't forget the unicorns and rainbow, rainbows. I would truly like to watch on body cameras and TV what this new world order will look like. If U.S. Bank Stadium or Target Field gets looted and burned, I guess it's okay, as long as it makes someone feel better. Feeling should not be hurt. There's no way Minneapolis is not going to have a police department, and I certainly would be with those who agree that it's a police uh, department that needs reform. And instead of your pie-in-the-sky, snowflake attitude about imagining a future without police, why don't you imagine a future where you have a better control over the police union, if a union at all? There's where you have to start your reformation.
3: (sighs) Joe, are you at all uh, worried You're disturbed about the reactions from the U of M, from the Minneapolis school district, and from the Park Police cutting ties with the Minneapolis Police Department. Does that, I, for me personally, it's it really stresses me out, and I think it's an awful, awful idea. Um, Not having a police officer in the school is. That's, oh, boy, that's
1: scary. Will you, uh, would somebody put some coins in the bucket for Kenny?
3: Scan them up. Uh, Uh, What did I miss?
1: uh, We had a guest from St. Charles, Minnesota on yesterday, Bill Pritzker, who did all of the data on this and came to the conclusion we agreed yesterday that obviously the school board is just virtue signaling by getting rid of these police people.
3: It's it's just such a... It's just, I think about it all day, every day. It's
0: such a mistake. It's, the, again, the agencies pushing themselves out of the way to say, look at, we. Hate the police more than you do. We want them disbanded. We, this is what uh, we're beating well, our chest. It's
2: pandering. That's all, that, that's all that's been taking place in this market for the past two weeks, and that's, it's ruining the city. Suchi
0: boy, I did uh, attempt to call uh, Seven Sigma. It's a busy signal. So I fired off an email uh, and uh, left a message with the former NASA scientist that's been in Minneapolis since about 1973.
3: Goodness. That's no who that kid. guy is? Since, no kidding. Yeah,
0: since Jerry Wyrobek founded 7Sigma Seven in 73, they've grown into a global industry leader uh, in, uh, with markets. Mr. Wyrobeck, a NASA scientist, left the space program in 69 with a deep understanding of machines and processes and the role of each component in the performance of a total system. Wow. So he had controlled data. He had, I mean, he had. He was a, this guy's a player.
1: A big player. Yes. And you just lost him, Fry, you dummy.
0: It's a huge, um, it's really, I, so hopefully I, I told him that we wanted to talk to him today, but maybe tomorrow, too, if need sure. be. Sure, I'll would talk, be to to talk to him anytime.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one way to calm down, go swimming. You yeah. know somebody You know at a lake place? I do. And it's kept free of weeds by Aquacide. Because when I swim, I don't want the weeds. I don't want the unwanted vegetation. I don't want the algae. I want clear water so I can see that rippled sand on the bottom, and that's what Aquaside provides. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake shores for many years. I'm done doing the math. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that'll take care of everything, from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away, and they're registered with both the EPA and the DNR. And these products are safe for you, the fish, and your family. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350. You'll be talking to a White Bear Lake company. 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. Their complete line of lake and pond po- pond products will keep those kids happy all summer long.
3: You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Sugeray. It's no accident that uh, DKMags.com, one of our favorite clients here at the GL podcast, uh, DKMags.com, they're on Old Aid up in New Brighton or even Monticello Pawn and Gun. They offer firearms, ammunition, accessories for law abiding citizens everywhere. Now, uh, the only thing I can tell you, um, I get a lot of questions, and I'm not even going to. Not even to try to answer those questions. Just keep in mind a personal protection firearm might be vastly different than a home protection firearm. These kind of questions and all the other questions you may have should be addressed by the crew at dkmags.com. And boy, are they busy, as you can possibly, as, you, as you can imagine. They are very busy. They're keeping it safe up there. Everything's clean and sanitary, and don't worry about that. But GLers, if you're thinking those thoughts, I don't blame you. dkmags.com, a good place to start. You can stop in or even go to Monticello Pawn and Gun. They're here to help all of us. And if you're in law enforcement or in the military, first of all, thank you so much. We need you. Thank you. Uh, But you also get another 5% discount from DKMegs.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pawn and Gun. There are a couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Good luck to all of us. Chuck Lee in Highland,
1: Highland, Utah writes, It is the evening of June 8th, that would be last night, and I am listening to Sports Talk, uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. So the GLers might not be aware of this. Mm-hmm. Pat and I were confused about what, what detasseling corn means, oh, yeah. right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just for your education, I thought I would briefly explain detasseling corn. I worked two summers in college doing this. This is done to grow a hybrid variety of corn by pollinating one variety of corn with a second variety. A field is planted with six rows of one variety and then two rows of the second variety and then repeats with six, then two, etc., when the corn is matured, the six row sections need to have the top tassels pulled. When the with the tassels pulled, the tassels on the two rows to the ears of corn on the six what now? With the tassels pulled, <laughs> yep.
3: Just keep tass, reading.
1: The tassels on the two rows to the ears of corn on the sixth row, six rows. I love six this. It, keep it, it keep
2: melds reading. both of his worlds that he can't compete with farming and math. Since the varieties
1: are different, a hybrid is created. It is hot, dirty work. The corn plants can easily cut you, and the tassels try to regrow after being pulled out, necessitating necessitating two or three trips through the field in a season. You haven't missed a thing by not working at this job. (laughs) Love the podcast. Chuck Lee in Highland, Utah. Okay, thank you, Chuck.
3: I had Still friends, in know a, know that means. friends in high school that would do this. And, oh, what a rotten, rotten, rotten job. But oh I argued, goodness. Kenny.
2: I, th- I always thought... Picking rock was worse than detasseling corn. Yeah, but like, like, well, the you, emailer said,
3: you're, you're getting, you're getting cut and the bees and the wasps yeah, yeah. and the bugs and it's so hot because, you know, they tassel later on in the season. It's not now, you know, it's, oh, okay. it's the... <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe's had enough. <laughs> I've had quite enough. Yeah. You know what they it.
2: say knee I'm high by the 4th of July? July. Yeah. I don't know if we're
3: going to hit it. You know, I don't know if we're going to hit that this year, fellas. It's not, it's, it's, they're suffering. Mike in Duluth uh, declared
1: Monday, June 8th, his lilacs in bloom, not far behind those of me. In addition, my giant azalea burst out in full bloom the same day, a few days earlier than typical. Although only for a few brief days each year I really enjoy the Azalea's brilliant color and sweet aroma. Reminds me of what we missed, not being able to see the masters in all its high definition glory this year. Good luck, loyal GLR, Mike in
3: Duluth. Okay, suit, you drug it out of me. I wasn't gonna say anything, but last Friday, June fifth, my lilacs in the farmyard were in full bloom. So you win. You win, sir. What do I win? (laughs) Uh, what do I my, win? Uh, my hearty congratulations. <laughs> to get you to pay attention, you mean?
1: To when they bloomed?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, They're already I, I, done.
1: I, I, They're already but, gone. It
3: lasts about three days. You you win. Stop yelling at me. You yeah. win. Right. You're the victor. Uh-huh. Uh, I got this from a friend of mine.
1: I used to think I was pretty much just a regular person. I was born white into a two-parent household, which now, whether I like it or not, makes me a pr- privileged, a racist, and responsible for slavery. I'm a fiscal and moral conservator, which by today's standards makes me a fascist because I plan, budget, and support myself. I went to high school, got a degree, got in some college, and have always held a job. But now I find out that I'm not here because I earned it, but because I was advantaged. I'm not a Muslim, which now labels me as an infidel. I believe in the Second Amendment, which makes me a de facto member of the vast NRA gun lobby. I am older than 60, making me a useless eater who doesn't understand Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat. I think and I reason, (laughs) and I doubt much of what the mainstream media tells me, which makes me a right-wing conspiracy nut. I am proud of my heritage and our inclusive American culture, making me a xenophobe. I believe in hard work, fair play, and fair compensation according to each individual's merits, which today makes me an anti-socialist. I believe our system guarantees freedom of effort, not freedom of outcome or subsidies, which must make me a borderline sociopath. I believe in the defense and protection of America for and by all citizens, now making me a militant. I am proud of our flag, what it stands for, and the many who died to let it fly. And I stand in salute during the national anthem, so I must be a racist. Please help me come to terms with the new me. Get the rim shot ready. Please help me come to terms with the new me because I'm not just sure who I am anymore. Funny, it all took place over the last seven or eight years. If all this nonsense wasn't enough to deal with, now I don't even know which restroom to use, and I got to go more frequently. (laughs) That's from Big O. Sent me that. Ah, Big O. Should I read Maturas? Let's let's take a, a little break here and come back, and I'll read Maturas. Uh, do you ever one. find any music to play, Andre?
2: Sure, sure. Oh, I, yeah, I, I been did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can do that when we come back. I there. Okay. Wait a minute.
3: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He, f- he describes a garage logic and Gumption County two a t. It's really right. it's a great letter.
1: Uh, first, I want to read a letter by James Dudley. Uh, because I don't, do, I don't do Grunhofer's ads anymore. Okay. I read testimonials to Grunhofer's. There we go. Because the GLers tell it better than I ever could. Hell yeah. So last Friday he said, well, it was a busy afternoon June 5th at Grunhofer's on Highway 61 in Hugo. See, he even gets the address in there for me. It's right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Now, I, like many other GLers, have heard the ramblings and goings-on about the Grunhofer's meatloaf. One might actually call it the lack of meatloaf because of Reavers. The GL staff, protein procurer, and self-described meatloaf hoarder seems to always buy out all the remaining stock. Mayor, let me explain my Friday experience. That actually opened my eyes to why Mr. Reavers has his meatloaf. Uh, Having tasted the meatloaf, the word problem doesn't seem at all proper word to describe that yummy uh, product, but I digress. So, Mayor, you talk about the brats. I also like to buy a meal or a side no-rook meatloaf ain't no side. Grunhoffers has tater, <laughs> tot, hot dish, wild rice casserole, and many other pre-made dinners that I would strongly recommend. So, of course, I picked up some of the above, some bacon cheese brats, taco brats, and the homemade beef jerky. Hey, kids, if you're listening, beef jerky from Grunhoffers is an excellent Father's Day gift in and of itself. Uh oh, I just caused some Grunhofer staffer into some serious overtime this week, didn't I? Sorry. However, now it's time to explain my aha moment on why Reavers uh, seems to clear out the meatloaf every time. Mayor, the meatloaf is on the top shelf of the freezer. That makes the meatloaf displayed right at practically eye level for the height of privileged <laughs> Reavers. Ah! <laughs> J- the jolly green giant strikes again. <laughs> Chris or morons, the other morons probably don't even know there is tater tit hot. The tater tot. Whoa! (laughs) Hello!
3: I didn't know they made that. Hold on, I'm going to go right right for that. How do they
2: make that? that I'll take a (laughs)
3: pair, please. I get
1: two of those. I got to go. The tater tot hot dish, three shelves below at his knees. It's very simple. Suggest to Spencer to put the meatloaf on the bottom shelf. I would be surprised if Chris even knows what products lurk down below. So, Mayor the Great Grunhawk, meatloaf shortage of 2020 can now all be la- blamed on the evils of height privilege. Uh, <laughs> Guilty. Love rough. the grunt. This guy even knows he's doing the ad. He says, love the grunt. Are we at the one minute yet, Joe? <laughs> Using full name is fine and appreciate keeping company.
3: <laughs> Fifty-nine, yeah. sixty. There it is. Thank you.
1: Grunhoffer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Wonderful. Highway 61.
2: <laughs>
0: It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere,
1: The uh, mayor and city council of uh, both cities uh, should listen. I can't imagine that uh, any of them have ever listened to a GL podcast. No, you're, you're a radical righty to them. Yeah. Well, but they should hear what Scott Matura has written us from Montana. He writes, periodically I weigh in with images and anecdotes of what I call an America I still recognize. It might be our soldier's chapel with the snowy mountain backdrop, a summer rodeo, or a 4th of July parade down Main Street. It might be my street pitching in to shovel after a big storm and some of us helping our neighbor or elderly or the one who has two very young children. It might be my entire block in which I know every neighbor's name and what they do for a living. It might be walking into my neighbor's garage across the street to close his door, because I know he went camping and forgot it open, and knowing he'd do the same for me. It might be peaceful protests in my town with armed citizens, shop owners, and ranchers, standing quietly and armed all along the street, watching, engaging in conversation with protesters, and all the while just knowing it was never going to get out of hand. I have been traveling quite a bit these last couple of months through the Rockies, and have seen more of what I just described. Now let me tell you about an America I no longer recognize. A city and state where the few have a choice over the many. A city where a few cyclists take priority over the tens of thousands of automobiles. A city that, given the opportunity, (coughs) would control and govern every aspect of your life if you let them. A city where I no longer wish to attend a Twins game because of the growing hordes of directionless feral youth interested only in your misery. A city where protesters and rioters can run roughshod over kind, law-abiding citizens, yet churches are the last to open. And restaurants and bars may open only with outdoor seating in a state who sees a shorter summer than a list of moody blues songs. (laughs) Joe, the few are outweighing the many, which ironically is counter to the majority rules democracy these very same citizens and elected officials pine for. Cyclists, COVID patients, political activists, critics of historic art, traditional songs, historic statues and lake names have the ear of politicians to the point of ignoring the other 90%. Perhaps Minnesota Nice needs to wake up and use their outside voices to push back because as someone looking in, you are losing your city by the day. Minnesota, and particularly the Twin Cities, have been ruled by one party for so long that ordinances, bills, and laws appear to be suggested, motioned, and passed seemingly overnight. This is what control by one party looks like. While our two-party system in America may move government slower than a herd of turtles, that was precisely the intention of our founding fathers. It has a series of checks and balances to prevent rash, emotional, virtue-signaling decisions that benefit the few and disregard the many. I saw a bit of writing on the wall two decades ago when I uprooted and headed west, I was renewing my Minnesota driver's license in 1998. In the 30 minutes I was in the DMV, every couple who walked in behind me said they had just moved there from Chicago. And each time I return for a visit, I see more and more a city and state that cannot get out of its own politically correct way, whose very way of life that made that metro area a place I always defended without backing down, slipping away by the day whose festivals, lumberjack days, lakes, parks, fairs, and neighborhoods were the thing of beauty, community, unity, tradition, and envy. I watch much national news, and that city is envied no longer. Rather, it is cast under the same net as most left-coastal cities. I miss my hometown, but even though change is inevitable, I now visit a city and state I no longer recognize, nor am I proud to call home. Pushing back in a state still holding on for now, Scott Matura out in Montana mm Nice job, Scott. Well I, do is, I, th- I do think Minneapolis is – I do think Minneapolis is – well, St. Paul's already disappeared uh, in terms of its uh, uh, offers of employment in the private sector. There's not much going on in the downtown area. Uh, as we said yesterday, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis had a pretty good bar and restaurant scene going. That's pretty much been decimated. And now you've got the Twins and the Timberwolves and the Vikings – uh, who are going to have to say because we ain't building you another stadium, we we ain't moving back out to the suburbs, right? <clears throat> so I I don't know I don't I'm running out of I'm running out of the the, the ability to uh, to understand what's happened to people why they can't see what they've done by electing these people. I just don't understand it. Well, I you really double
3: don't. down, Such. They double down. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They're they're they made it worse and instead of recognizing their errors, they're they're gonna make it twice as worse. Yep.
1: They can't admit their errors. Because they, they don't believe, believe their errors.
2: No, because they're blaming they're blaming the errors that they see on other things that, that, that they view is the problem. Not realizing that it's their own policy, well, and they just have basic wrong ideas. They believe you're not successful because other
1: people are. Mm-hmm. They just have no innate ability to think clearly or logically. They see they see life in the United States as a, as a punishing test. They 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 don't enjoy life. Mysterians aren't happy. They're not ever, happy ever. They're never happy.
0: They weren't happy when Obama was in for eight years, even though he did absolutely nothing to, uh, to crush uh, or, or make race relations any better than they are. They're worse.
1: You know, you have all these mayors, uh, uh, black mayors, uh, in the nation's tallest buildings. Everywhere, and, yes. And, and, and you know what? Th- those cities aren't failing because those mayors are black. Those cities are failing because liberal ideology is a failure. It has nothing to do with the color of the skin of the mayor or the police chief. What doesn't work, and it should be terribly evident to people, is the left doesn't work. It doesn't work, which is why I said, I'm going to repeat it because I think it's such a nifty thought. What if if we had eight years of a black conservative presidency? We'll never know. We'll never know what the landscape would be looking like. We had, we had eight years of a very bright leftist
2: black president. What's come of it? What what betterment has come to the United States? Well, and the other problem is, is that the current president isn't really helping matters right now. Well, not at all. I not mean, all. when he tweets criticizing the 75-year-old guy of possibly being Antifa, yeah. what, what, what is he doing? Don't. Just stay out of that part of it. There's no, nothing good, Don, is going to come of you tweeting about this guy. You know, oh, he fell harder after he got, what are you doing? Stop it. He's in critical condition. Right. In Buffalo. Right. And the president ripped him. But I was talking to a guy the other day. Who said about he about a
3: guy that was—was was this the guy that was trying to hand the vest or something
2: back to a police officer? I'll read the tweet exactly, Kenny. Buffalo. And he got—he got knocked down. Yes. Is this the guy? Buffalo okay. protester shoved by police could be an Antifa provocateur. Seventy-five-year-old Martin Gugino was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. Uh, we don't know that. Uh, I watched. He fell harder than he was pushed. Was aiming scanner could be a setup question mark, Don? Don't do that. You're not. I you're talked not to a helping. guy.
1: I talked to a guy the other day whose comment on that video was that he had no sympathy for the guy. And I said, "What are you talking about?" And He said, "We've just lost the ability to believe a policeman. If A policeman tells you to do something, do it."
0: Right. And again, this guy was an f the police guy. He was that. A, I
1: don't know anything about this guy. Yes, uh, Ooh, he was seventy five year old.
0: He was an antagonist, and he's—you've—he you've, has had that quote on his social media before. Well, that's
2: F the police. Fine, Rook, but you can't. Oh, I'm not excusing yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just
0: saying. I'm just giving you a little background.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. It's unreal. I kind of derailed this. I didn't mean to. Well, it'd be nice if he would step away
3: from those sort of things. You know. Try to step, be presidential. St-
1: oh yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. It's okay. not going to happen. All right. It's
0: not going to happen.
3: Meanwhile, um, like you brought up earlier, the owner of Seven Sigma, what did you call him, Matthew? He was what? Previously uh, a, what? a
0: former NASA employee.
3: Scientist. Yeah. Uh, hired 50, 50 employees in there. Uh, I guarantee a lot of them were from the neighborhood walking over to their job. His building got hit, yeah. burned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were still fighting the fire the next morning when I was down there. I have it on video. Kenny, seven. He, he oh, he's out of here. He's leaving. Kenny, said- Ken, Kenny, Kenny, what is wrong with you? Serious question.
1: What? We what, spent what 10 minutes now? on this. I I read I'm, the entire story in the Minneapolis Tribune
3: about how he's not I'm, rebuilding. I'm reiterating.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I was and, and he was leading me into a tweet that Governor Walls issued 17 <laughs> hours ago, Kenny. Uh, quote today, we visited St. Paul businesses that lost generations of blood, sweat, and tears to damage in recent weeks. To them, rebuilding is more about, uh, is about more than the storefront, it's about maintaining their community's vibrancy and giving back. (sighs) We are the committed to rebuilding together.
1: Oh, god, almighty, unbelievable.
0: America (laughs) hashtag.
1: S.J. Merck.
2: According to Breitbart, 600 New York police uh, people might quit. Wow. Really? hmm What do they employ? What does the uh, the standard, um, I guess I can look that up. I have no idea. New but, York City. But
1: crimes are on the increase because of the no-bail situation. They're like car car thieves are having a field day. Sure. So they, just, they just get out and get another one. Oh, God help me. The mystery doesn't work. It doesn't work. And in Fry and Bender and uh, Ellison, uh, Jeremiah Ellison, you're seeing mysterians and they don't know what they're doing because what they're doing doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Never has, never will. It goes against the very fiber of what it means to be an American, which is allow me to pursue my happiness. Get out of my way. I'm
2: trying Just to look for out a, of my way. I'm trying to look for a number for the uh, sworn well, I'm in. I'm sure
1: it's in. I'm sure it's in the thousands. It is.
2: It, well, in 2004, it was 45,000 alone. Yeah. So I can't find one in 2020 right off the right off the So, all right then, great. Well, we heard from uh, we heard from our guy yesterday saying that he doesn't think. Th- what, what was his number, Joe? the 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 applicants that he would normally get, or that they would normally get, was around fifty. And right now they're getting about a dozen per opening? Yeah. Yeah. And that was was before all of this took place.
1: Uh, Well, you mean our guy in St. Charles? Yeah, Bill Spitzer. Yeah, yeah. They're not getting anybody to show up and apply for the job. Uh, At Minneapolis, uh, you're going to pretend that you've done something, uh, but you're not going to end up accomplishing anything because you're mysterious. You're not competent.
2: And we're getting a number of emails. I'll read you one from Tim talking about the police unions. Uh, Joe, remember you t- when you talk about the out-of-control police union that the mayor and council are the ones that voted to give them those powers in contract negotiations. Good luck, Tim.
1: Mm. you got, You got to start by reining in that union, you have to be able to to punish wrongdoing. You have to have arbitration systems made public. The latest I read is that they have a program now in the Minneapolis Police Department called coaching. Oh, that if you're uh, if you're in need, it, it, which is a euphemism for discipline, but by calling it coaching, it doesn't have to be made public. It's that fine of a line what? they've been able to draw. Per- That's right. Wow. Uh, Chauvin, for example. For all we know, he was coached forty times. Wow! I just can't find a, I just can't find a, an opening here to jump into Schmelz, my buddies at Schmelz Countryside. Just do it. What are you yeah, driving, well, Joe? I'm uh, well. Right now, nothing from Schmelz, but I will. You in have. Fall. I'm well, driving I have.
0: something from Schmelz,
1: the Volkswagen Jetta yeah. that I
0: purchased from you.
1: Yep, I've, I've bought a lot of cars at Schmelz, and I'll continue to Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen. Alfa Romeo and Fiat, it's on the southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36 in Maplewood. Fantastic bargains right now. 0% interest for 72 months with a 120-day payment deferral on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the Atlas Cross Sport VW's newest SUV. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. All you do now is go to the websites VW dot com, SchmelzFiat.com, pick out what you're most interested in, do your due diligence, get all the stats, get all the get all the dope. Then you call and you'll have your own personal sales appointment. They'll have that vehicle ready for you. 651-243-4316 On-site sales by appointment only, 651-243-4316. And uh, the hours are a bit updated, Monday through Fridays, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturday, nine a.m. to two p.m. Schmelz Countryside.
2: Say, Rook, quick question: um, Who got a better deal, uh, Joe when he bought it from Schmelz, or you when you bought it from Joe? Oh,
0: I got screwed. <laughs> I really got. I got messed up. That's why I would only buy from Schmelz. I'm never buying from Joe again.
1: I got a great. Uh, I got a great deal at Schmelz. On that occasion, I bought two cars at one setting. Because I'm an obsessive compulsive fool, and I drove that little hot rod half car, and said, "Well, this is coming home." Right. There's no way I'm letting this you go.
0: Have, yeah, no personal issues. No personal none, issues. None whatsoever. none whatsoever. You're
1: you're, you're good none, to go. None, none. See how that goes.
2: Well, I don't know. Are we still under a flood watch, boys? Uh, we're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna get a little rain. That's what. Uh, that's what the old radar is saying. The
0: brunt of it right now. They're getting a little kiss in Rochester. Mankato's about to get some. <sighs>
2: And what I should do? Way. Kenny,
1: you still got the radar going?
2: I think Kenny checked out. I think Kenny, Kenny kind of checked out there. <laughs> you know what I need to do? Seriously. I Kenny should, went into full pout. I, I should yeah. run to Frats right now and go get some of that uh, the weed and feed before all this rain comes. Yeah, you should. And put and, that down.
0: And maybe get an umbrella because you're going to need it. <laughs> maybe check your gutters. And if you need an elbow gutter, get to Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Source because they have an abundance of them.
1: Really? Yes. What's an elbow gutter? No, Good. for
0: for your gutter, you know, like a little elbow. Oh, oh yeah, know. put that at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. you got to check your gutters right now to make sure they're oh, working yeah. properly. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, while it's raining, why don't you go back? I think this is probably what Kenny's doing right now. He went to PodMN on his phone or PodMN.com, and he's re-listening to our our uh, sheriff down in uh, St. Charles, and he'll be pumped and ready for tomorrow's show, full of information. That's PodMN on your smartphone. Or just go old school on your computer. That's PodMN.com. Poke around, find some new podcasts. Table Talk had a brand new one out on Sunday, and uh, it was a doozy. Do you know what a divorce salad is? Well, no. you'll find out if you listen to Table Talk with Brookie's <laughs> family, because we almost got divorced over a salad. Uh, check it out, PodMN.com. Thanks for listening to Garage Logic. This is your podcast version.
1: If your ears are still ringing from all the fireworks over the weekend, escape the noise and get up to nature at Giants Ridge, where you can play two of the best public golf courses in the world, the quarry and the legend. A great 37-hole special, play the legend and the quarry, 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf on the same day, plus lunch on them at the Wakuda Grill for one incredible price, $160 plus tax on weekdays, And $175 plus tax on weekends. And remember, Giants Ridge offers group golf rates for groups of eight or more including customized tournament packages so get your buddies or your family members and put together your own tournament and remember, it's more than golf, it's water recreation biking, hiking, the newest and largest lift-served mountain bike park in the Midwest dining, lodging and more, it's just gorgeous. View 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at GiantsRidge.com and you can also go to GiantsRidge.com to make your tea time.